0: Well, good morning, Hillside. Mm -hmm. Can we stand and pray together as we get ready to worship? God, we are excited to gather together as your family to sing your praises. God, we want to honor you uh, because you and you alone deserve every bit of our praise. God, thank you for what you have done, as we'll sing now about the incredible grace that we live in. God, we want to take that grace. We want to use it to give you the honor and glory that you and you alone deserve. It's in Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen. (laughs)
2: Father, what a joy to sing those words, even now, come, Lord Jesus. And we know in praying that we're not praying in vain. We're not praying for something that won't happen. We're praying for something that will happen because you promised it. Someday, Father, your son is going to blaze through the curtain. Everybody will see him. All will be repaired. We who belong to you Uh, We'll be crowned with glory and set free in a new creation to enjoy in your presence forever and ever and ever. That's our story. And in the meantime, we're eagerly waiting. We're following you. We're loving you. We're bathing in your grace. We're trying to learn and live your way together. Thanks for all this goodness. Speak to us in this service. We're here to listen. And we pray In the name of Jesus, the King. Amen. Hey, you can have a seat. I'm Dan Seitz. Really great to have you in the room today. I've got some exciting church life items to share with you, but before I do, kids, if you're still in the room, you can stand up. You can go out the back and downstairs. Peter, who's waving right now, uh is waiting to receive you and take you down to a great adventure downstairs, so head down there. And if you are 6th through the 12th grade and you're in here now, you also can uh, take off out the back, go to the student center across the hallway. They've gotten started, but believe me, they will be happy to see you when you arrive. All right. Uh, bulletins. Anyone not get a bulletin? You didn't get a bulletin? Oh, Sharon, leader of our prayer ministry, didn't get a bulletin. If you didn't get a bulletin, raise your hand. Alan's going to bring one to you right now. You want a bulletin? Uh, because the bulletin contains information, more information about the stuff that I'm going to be talking to you right now, and it also has excellent and very helpful message notes that you can follow along Pastor Wayne's superb message. You will want your notes this morning. And then secondly, uh, in the seat pockets near you is a Connect card. Somebody may just hold that up so everybody can see it. Simple card. Its purpose is for you to communicate with us. Maybe Uh, during the message or during the worship or during the announcements, you had a thought or something you wanted to share, put it on your connect card. Maybe you have a prayer item. Maybe you're thinking I would love it if the Hillside staff and the Hillside prayer team would join me in bringing this need before God, write it on your card. We'll pray and God will do something because he does not despise our prayers. And the more people to pray, the better. So put your prayer need on your card. You can drop that in the plate when it goes by. You can also put it in the basket on the welcome table on your way out. Okay. Four church life opportunities. First of all, this Saturday, uh, we at Hillside are participating in the Love Never Fails Freedom Walk in Oakland. And the purpose of this event is to raise awareness of and to stand up against through, you know, witness and through prayer, stand up against human trafficking. And Hillside is a sponsor of this event, and it's going to help raise funds for housing programs that will really help uh, survivors of trafficking build new lives. So it makes a difference. And we ju- uh, invite you to join us for that. You can register online through the weekly news email, uh, or you can talk to Jenny LaSalle, one of the Hillside leaders who's uh, leading us all in this walk. All right. Here's something kind of social, something fun. How many of you loved Field trips when you were in elementary school. Oh, me too. Jason, you love field trips, huh? The zoo, the aquarium, right? Uh, The Jelly Belly Factory, if you're from Vacaville or whatever. Always fun. Well, Hillside is going on a field trip. On September 29th, we are going to the Rosie the Riveter National Historic Site in Richmond. Uh, you can sign up today. We're going to leave Hillside at 845 on that morning. We're going on a chartered bus, so you don't have to worry about uh, parking or anything like that. You're going to be comfortable. It's going to be fun. They've got a great museum. We're going to hear from a real-life Rosie, pretty remarkable uh, World War II person who 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 worked in the factories, uh, helping with the war effort. And we're also going to hear from a former internee of a Japanese internment camp, which will be very interesting. So an opportunity uh, to grow, to learn, and an opportunity to be connected with your fellow hillsiders in a really fun event. So join us for that. There's a discount if you sign up today. Again, more information where? In your bulletin. That's exactly right. Just like Wayne would say. All right. Third up. This is exciting. We have a big Christmas production in the works. The plan is uh, on paper. Now we're just building it. It's called A Hillside Christmas. It'll be December 8th and 9th. And in this celebratory event... With lots of music and dance and drama, we're going to be presenting the story of Jesus and his birth. And the point behind this thing is just to bring us together in a great creative project, but also even more so to present the Christmas story to people in our lives who might not otherwise go to church. So be thinking now, who could I invite to Hillside Christmas? And then also be thinking now, you know, maybe you might want to participate in this. Uh, we're telling you. Do this now because rehearsals begin for a kids choir kids are going to be participating in this rehearsals begin for a youth choir our, our teens are going to be participating in this we're going to have an adult choir that's going to be a portion of uh this christmas musical event and, then, and maybe you're thinking i'm not a musician i'm not a singer i don't play bass uh like clay collins but I I, I can build stuff. I'm a carpenter. I'm a musician. I'm a dancer. If you have skills like that, we can put you to work for a hillside Christmas. So what I want you to do is talk to Catherine Grant and say, hey, this is what I can do. Can you use me? And I'm quite sure that Catherine will put you to work. This is going to be exciting. It's going to galvanize us. We're going to make new relationships as we create something beautiful together. And we really want you to be a part of it. So anyway, that's hillside christmas coming up before too long all right we got a really special guest in the room today uh she is fa samitra fa would you come on up um this is a very very special person many of you know fa she's a dear person to um hillside uh Fa is the founder of a ministry called Grow. Grow is a Christian nonprofit which helps vulnerable children in northern Thailand. And Fa has a really f- fascinating, wonderful story. I've gotten to hear it a couple of times. Once over Zoom about a year ago, and then once when we met this past week. Uh, Fa grew up in a in a hill tribe. And growing up, experienced some of the abuse and the exploitation that is far too common in that part of the world. And the great thing is, is that God rescued her and healed her when she was a young adult. And he inspired her to help the kids that she saw around her who were going through similar hardships that she had experienced growing up. And as she did that with different groups... Uh, a vision began to form in her mind. This is a really remarkable leader standing next to me. And uh through God's provision, she and a pastor founded Grow, which has grown in a dramatic way since its founding, both in impact in the lives of people and even in terms of physical plants. It's it's remarkable what God has done. What God has done working through this leader and her partners and friends, many of whom are in this church and here this morning. Uh, Right now, Grow houses 28 boys and girls in a safe and secure place where they can learn the love of God and step into a new life. Hillside has been a partner to FA for 14 years. So we are very special to her as she is very, very special to us and um i got to this is the first time i've actually gotten to meet Fa in person we met on zoom a while back uh but we had a really wonderful coffee time with randy and gary and pastor wayne and uh she told her story and one thing that she said she really wanted to do in this in this brief interview is express uh what she feels about hillside to us so i we're gonna start that way you can say whatever you want to say to the people who love you here at hillside
3: Hello. Hello. Good morning, everyone. So sister brother here, and then so honored to be back here. And it's so delightful for me to be seeing new people. And then, uh, like, uh, from all time people too. Right. And so amazing that how God brought me a girl like me who do not speak in English well at your church open the door and welcome to me to be here, me to be here and then share about my dream, like not a driving pilot, but my dream to rescue children. Your church had been impacted and helped build myself and my children from street and from abuse uh, stories uh, from the first year, 2009 to 2020, 2023. Your church has been a lot of amazing way to transform and bless so many children, not only children, and family, and the community as well. So your love, your friendship is in here to me. And thank you for today, this morning, I can be say something <laughs> Yeah,
2: when we were talking on Thursday afternoon, you, you shared with us about a boy named Artie. Uh, in whom God has done really amazing, transforming work. And I was wondering if you would talk to us a little bit about Artie.
3: So Artie is, uh, I met him when he are uh, under five years old. So we're not able to help him because our register of the foundation have to help five to 18 years old. But when we able to help him, he never met his dad. He never know his dad face how look like until today, and he was um uh abused by a burning candle and all kind of beating, and he have womb and we have to take care. And many people make a fun of me, Buffalo. This is the worst and really bad for Thai people When somebody called names, you make name for you. And actually we, we, when we help him, he cannot hold bowl and pencil and then he cannot eat. And do, he always shaking. even writing when he teenager, we have been, uh, you know, like he had been a lot of uh, process going on and help by grow. And then from your church, it really impact. And then, uh, he able to hold pencil really like better. But when your team came, you know, your team came, your leader said that what well, we can bring. I said, Clayon, you <laughs> can't help that. Do you know when your church came and visited us, your church number one in the whole state for us to visit every year? Wow. Yeah. Uh, not COVID time, right? Because of, you know, right? You cannot go in easily. But that is the best relationship ever. The student who had never felt their love. They are cares about it, but when the church people came they feel love oh actually somebody love me and cares about me and pray for me that's the little little sheep that for the student who never met their parents who can feel that they can be a normal kid and human being life and living again so now he 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 is a better in uh, teenager and when high school he became very famous boys. Four sports player for school, and the marathon runner, right? But one day he came to me like, "I would like to talk to you because I would like to continue go to college." I'm just thinking, "Oh, what he gonna talk to me? Because I have a lot of situation going on with my 28, more than that, right?" And he said, "Do you know what, Pifa? I would like to go to study." Bangkok Bible Seminary. I want to be a pastor. Oh my goodness, my heart just like boom, 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 (laughs) boom, like elephant dance. You know, (laughs) who went to Thailand? You know, like elephant dance, how looks like, right? So it's like so blessed to hear. He would like to willing and uh, go to take this. He make a choice. He can make a choice many ways, but he make a choice to follow Jesus i believe god will use his story to be impact so many people but this not gonna be happen i'm not gonna be stand here and to chat about either without your prayer and support and he had been transport transformed and uh let's see that how he we will be going to what God leading into him and pray for us as well. Thank you so much for your support. I have a table set up outside there. If you would like to see and learn, and get some email update from us.
0: Absolutely.
2: I can't wait to meet Artie someday. And I, I'm planning to be on the Thailand trip a year from January in 25, and I can't wait to meet Artie. Maybe he'll be done with his training, and whether he is or he's not, we will talk pastor to pastor and encourage each other. I can't wait to meet him. So, again, Faw is going to be uh, down in Kids Connection Hall after this service. You're you're welcome to come down and listen to her as she shares more about what God is doing through Grow. But join me in praying for her right now. You can put your hand out and bless her as we pray. Father, thank you so much for this dear woman, this courageous, brave, strong Woman of you, thank you for all the good that you've done through her. First you rescued her, and now you're using her to rescue others and to lead in a great work of justice and mercy and compassion. Thank you for her and all she means and all you've done. Strengthen her for her calling. Equip her with everything she needs. Give her the resources to realize her vision. Give her more opportunities to rest as she's going at a very fast pace. Thanks for the privilege we have at New Hillside to partner with her. We thank you so much and we pray in the name of Jesus our King. Amen. God, God bless you. Thank you. All right. Hey, if you would stand up. Uh, We're going to go into our greeting time. I've got a mixer question for you. Hey, before it actually existed, uh, Fa imagined grow. God gave her a vision and it took form in her own mind and imagination. So here's our mixer question. What good thing are you imagining right now that you would like God to bring into existence what good thing what kingdom thing are you imagining that you'd like to see God bring into existence could be big or small find somebody you didn't come with and and talk with them about that right now okay go ahead and
0: take a seat if we can have our ushers come forward now for our offering let's pray for our offering Lord now we enter into what is still very much a part of worship for us Lord um, giving from everything that you have given uh, to us. God, we give back with grateful, grateful hearts. And Lord, we just saw a great example, hearing from Fa, of what you can do with the little that we give. And God, we want that to be manifest by seeing lives changed, people rescued, healed, and brought into relationship with you and transformed. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.
1: Oh, I've heard a thought.
4: living God. And we long for and look forward to that day, Jesus, when you will pierce the night with your blazing presence, Lord God, and every eye will see you. Our believing will be turned to seeing, Lord God. And the praise that we've started here on earth will continue in heaven with you forever. We look for the day, we long for it, Lord Jesus, and thank you for right now, Lord, drawing us close to you by your spirit, through, through praising you, through these worship songs, Lord God. We thank you for uh, drawing us close to us in our dark places through this week, just how you shined your presence. And we ask that you would draw us even closer now, Lord, through your word, to accomplish your good purposes in our lives. Amen. Amen. All right. Good to see you. Take a seat. And we are going to start with a story this morning. All right. There's this guy, C.S. Lewis, maybe you've heard about him. Um, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Uh, he's got this uh, book called The Great Divorce. And it's uh, it's a story. It's an interesting story. Uh, don't look too closely at the theology, but enjoy the story because there's these people in hell, these ghosts, who get the opportunity to get onto a bus and go to heaven. And once they arrive there, these people of heaven, people who have uh, embraced God, are, are citizens of heaven, they go with these angels and they get to go meet these ghosts and help encourage them to take off those things, those idols, those those sins, the, the bitterness, whatever's holding them back from turning and coming toward the mountains of heaven. Um, so we, we're gonna look at one of these encounters today, and uh, this is an opportunity for us to use our imaginations. So if it helps you, close your eyes and be in this place uh that CS Lewis imagined and wants to draw us into here we go so in this encounter uh that I'm going to read to you there's a there's a narrator uh, and he's a traveler on his way to heaven he's turned and he's embracing this this uh new journey and he's with an angel and there is a lizard in the story uh and it's uh, a personification of lust it's a lust lizard so that'll be important because Jesus is going to talk about lust in our passage today. All right, here we go. Story mode. Use your imagination. I saw coming towards us a ghost who carried something on his shoulder. Upon closer look, I saw that it was a little red lizard and it was twitching its tail like a whip and whispering things into the ghost's ear. When the ghost saw us, he turned his head to the reptile with a snarl of impatience. Shut up, I tell you. The lizard wagged its tail and continued to whisper to him. Then the ghost turned and started to limp away from us and away from the mountains of heaven. The angel spoke up and said, "'Off so soon?' The angel was more or less human in shape, but larger than a man and so bright that I could hardly look at him. His presence stung my eyes and my body too, for there was heat coming from him as well as light." "'Yes, I'm off,' said the ghost. "'Thanks for all your hospitality, but it's no good, you see. "'I told my little little friend, the lizard, "'that he'd have to be quiet if he came. "'Of course, I know that his kind does not belong here. "'I realize that, but he won't stop, "'so I'll just have to go back home, go back to hell.'" The angel said, "'Would you like me to make him quiet?' "'Oh, of course I would,' said the ghost. "'Then I will kill him,' said the angel, "'taking a step closer.'" Oh, wait, hold on. You're burning me. Keep away, said the ghost. Don't you want it killed? asked the angel. Well, you didn't say anything about killing it. I, I don't want to bother with you for anything so drastic. There must be some other way. It's the only way, said the angel, whose burning hands were now very close to the lizard. Shall I kill it? Well, you know, that's an interesting question, isn't it? And I'm thinking, uh, I'm I'm curious about thinking about that, giving a little time, but I was only talking about keeping it quiet because up here, well, you know, it's so embarrassing. May I kill it? Well, now, let's discuss that some other time. There is no other time, said the angel. May I kill it? Honestly, I don't think that's needed. I'm sure I can manage it now. I think, I think the gradual process will be better than getting rid of it completely. The gradual process is of no use at all. I'll ah, get back, you're burning me. How can I let you kill it? If you kill it, you will kill me. Not so, it'll hurt for a moment, but it won't kill you. If you want to help me, why don't you just kill it without asking me? It would have been over by now. I cannot kill it against your will. Do I have your permission? At this point, the angel's hands were almost closed on the lizard, and the lizard began chattering to the ghost so loud that even I could hear it now. Be careful, it said. He can do what he says. He can kill me. One word from you, and I'll be gone forever and ever. And how would you live without me? Is that what you want? Won't you miss me? And I promise I'll be good. Sometime, sometimes I've gone too far in the past, but I promise I'll be better now. Do I have your permission? asked the angel. Yes, yes. Just get it over with. Oh God, God help me. God help me. Next moment, the the ghost screamed as the burning angel closed its grip on the reptile, twisted it, and flung it to the ground. Ah, I'm a goner," said the ghost. But it wasn't so. Instead, the smoke-like ghost began to change. He was unmistakably becoming more solid. Solider every moment. His upper arms and shoulders, then brighter still and stronger, his legs and his hands, then his neck and head materialized while I watched. And if I hadn't, if I'd been able to watch the whole thing, I would have seen the actual complete formation of a man, a man free from his slavery to lust, a man in his full. Were you able to picture that? Yeah, we're all sitting here in this place, but in our minds we were transported somewhere else with the angel and the ghost. Because we have imagination, because C.S. Lewis has an imagination, he was able to write it down and draw us into that. You can picture and plan things with your imagination. Imagination is this creative ability to form ideas and images and sensations uh, in the mind. You can picture things, plan them, envision them, and then bring them into being like Fa, who had a vision to start grow and to rescue others like she had been rescued. Uh, The vision to imagine a Christmas show where we come and we bring our neighbors and we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Uh, The ability to imagine a song, a new church, uh, to plan a new party, a new garden, a new business, a quilt. You can use your imagination to envision and plan things that will bless others that will bring God's goodness into this world, his joy, his peace, his life, his love. Imagination is this powerful gift, a unique gift to you and me from our creator, the original Imagineer. Remember, before everything that is here existed, there was nothing. But we did exist in the mind of God, in the imagination of God. He pictured it. And then when the time was right, he spoke into the darkness, into the nothingness, and said, let there be light. And he began the creative work that we all enjoy now. Like God, you can use this great gift of imagination for good. And like any gift from God, we can also misuse it for evil. You can, and, and people do, create, use it to create sinful content destructive schemes, vindictive scenarios, uh, selfish plans, right? Think of all the gifted, brilliant artists who misuse their gifts to create disturbing, perverse, degrading works, violence or sexual images, subtle or strong, pictures on our screens, songs in our ears, words on our Kindles, worming their way into our heart, our mind, Our imaginations. We've seen the stats about how destructive this content can be if we consume it, these stories, these images. The power of imagination, this gift, can be used well for good. The power, the gift of imagination that you have can be misused for evil. And Jesus addresses a common type, far too common misuse of our imaginations in our passage today. If you remember, we're in a series called The Flourishing Trees. We're looking at the Sermon of the Mount, where Jesus is speaking to his disciples. The King has come and has brought his kingdom and has opened up a way for you and me to come into his kingdom. He's gathering people into his kingdom, into life close to God, with God, in God. And with that comes a greater righteousness, a greater standard of living that he calls us now to meet. If you've come into his kingdom, if you're a disciple, if you've attached yourself to this new life, then the old standards will not do. Your personal standards, my personal standards, the world's standards are way too low for life in God's glorious kingdom and ultimately the new heaven and new earth. So he goes to work in this Sermon on the Mount. Let's listen to how he does this. He's going to raise us from a standard that existed to his higher kingly standard. Here we go. Matthew 5, 27, it's up here. It's in your bulletin. Jesus talking. Let's listen. Verse 27, You have heard it said, You shall not commit adultery. That was the standard. But I tell you, that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. All right. Fun stuff. Let's look closer. And see what Jesus has for us today. All right. Back to verse 27. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. Fair. Good. Reasonable. Right? Number seven of the top ten commandments. Yeah, that was the standard of the day. All right. Not necessarily the world standards today, but the, the standard back then. And it's a good thing. Adultery is sexual activity with someone that you're not married to. See, God has given you another gift, the gift of sexuality. And he created it, it's a powerful gift. And it's power to create life, it's power to be destructive. And so God has given us some very clear, good limits, some boundaries to enjoy this gift. Within the boundary of a one woman, one man, marriage relationship, this gift is a blessing and it brings life. Outside of that, It's destructive, it harms, it degrades, it it brings down, it creates problems. All right, so this is a good standard, it's reasonable. Why not just stop there? Again, because the king has come and the kingdom of God has come and he's calling us to a greater righteousness because he's calling us into heaven. He's calling us into a new creation. He's making us completely new. Listen to how he does it. You've heard that was said, verse 27 again, you shall not commit adultery, but I, the king who is bringing God's kingdom, the Lord God himself, I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully will throw men in there as well has already committed adultery with her, him, in his heart. Wow. High standard. High challenge. Jesus the King comes and he invites everybody in. And then he goes high challenge on us. And if you want fullness of life, get on this narrow path. that will lead to flourishing. Trust me. Follow me. And here it is. Do not commit adultery has moved up to do not lust. Okay, well, what is lust? Let's look at that more closely. Lust is not the same thing as attraction. You might find someone attractive. That's not sin. You don't control what you're attracted to. But what you do next with that attraction, you do control. And God holds us responsible for. Now, option one, you can stay free within God's good limits. You stay on the path of purity, the path of flourishing. That's a good one. Or option two, you can take the well-traveled path of death. You can take the images of that person and play out scenarios with the person, sinful scenarios. You can use their image for your own selfish purposes to exploit, to use. And just think of what happens when that becomes full bloom. Then you have this crisis in Thailand and the Bay Area and other places where, where children are being trafficked. I mean, it seems extreme, but that is the line. It begins with lust. The path of lust, the path of adultery, the path of death. Two options for us, the path of life, the path of death. So what is lust? Let's capture it. To lust is to use others. That's the opposite of love, right? To lust is to use others and misuse your imagination, that great gift from God. What is, if you're a parent, uh, or maybe, you know, you can imagine this, of course, uh, what's the hesitation in giving your kid an iPhone? A good gift, right? Used well, right? You know what can come through that. You know what damage it can do, and so we hesitate. You know, same with God. God has given us great opportunities for real, loving, genuine relationships, free from sin, um, sexual weirdness, right? And he's given us powerful capabilities like imagination. And yet we often mistreat people and misuse that gift. Lust is an example of the misuse of that gift. Here's the deal, if you're in God this morning, if you have turned to him, if you're a new creation, if you're one with him, if you're his disciple, Jesus is calling you and me all the way, all the way out of the old and all the way into the new. All the way out of the old, the sin, the the exploitation, the, the misuse. He wants us to get all those reptiles off of us, All that out because he wants to bring you all the way into this new life now he gives you the choice as well you know you could stay we can stay limping along with these these burdens these old things on us we can resist his work his call to come into freedom in life or we can say yes Yes, Lord, I know what it's going to be like. It's, it seems like it's going to kill me. I don't know how I'm going to live without this. But trust him, right? That's the opportunity to trust him and to come into more fullness of life. Now, lust is the focus of Jesus' teaching in this passage today. And maybe you're like, oh, that's not my struggle. I'll, I'll tune in next week. Stay tuned here. Listen up. Maybe lust isn't your struggle. But it turns out that lust is not the only sin that is inside us that works in our hearts, our imaginations. Listen to Jesus again, this time in Matthew 15, 19. He says to us, out of the heart, your heart, my heart, come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander, to name a few. Where does sin start? Is it your parents' fault, your spouse's fault? your boss's fault. Where does sin start? In you and me, in us, right here on the inside, in our inner world. Doggone it. If you're in Christ now, you have been made new. You have a new nature. You have a new heart. You have the Spirit of God in you, and you still have an old husk. Uh, An old sin nature passed on from Adam and part of this old, doomed, cursed world, and you will not shed it completely until Jesus comes. Come, Lord Jesus. Or you die and you go to Him. This old nature, this sin nature, sometimes called the flesh, is still generating evil stuff, evil content, evil thoughts. So how are we going to win? how now in this in-between place before we get into the presence of god before we shed this how are we going to win how are we going to flourish how are we going to succeed how are we going to get out of enslavement to these old things how are we going to kill those reptiles we've got a few things here jesus is going to help us here's the question how do we step into the greater righteousness the new way of flourishing that Jesus has opened up for us. If you want it, number one, be born again. All right. You have no chance of meeting the old standard, your own personal standard, any standard without being born again. Have you tried it? Have you tried to, you know, set up a standard for yourself and and keep it and maintain it and fail? Yes. The Israelites, the story of Israel is God gave them exactly what to do. They knew what to do. Here's the standard. They couldn't claim, well, we didn't know. No, you did know. And they could not do it. The problem was deeper, older. A more radical work that only God could do was required. What they needed was to depend wholly on him and say, God, help me. And then Jesus comes and he provides the way. You could have all the credentials. You could be a pretty good person. But unless you're born again, you're not going to get anywhere on this. That's step one. Here's the situation. Listen to 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know that wrongdoers... Is anybody wronged? Done wrong? Anybody failed? Anybody sin? Listen. Know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God. They cannot, cannot come to heaven. They cannot come in. Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers, et cetera, et cetera, will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But, thank you, Lord, but you were, past tense, washed. Past tense finished, you were washed. You were sanctified, past tense, finished. You were justified, past tense, it's finished. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. If you have turned to Jesus and received the washing He offers, that only He offers, is available nowhere else, then you have been cleaned. You've been cleansed. You have been sanctified, set apart to God, set apart from the world to God, by God. It's done. You have been justified. You have been declared by God to now be in right standing with God. Thank you, Jesus. You've been born again. You are a new creation. You are now God's adopted son or daughter. That's who you are now because of what Jesus did, not because of how you lived this past week. Thank you, Jesus. Right? And that's all humanity. We all needed it. We were all wrongdoers. We had no chance on our own. It's a level playing field. And because of Jesus' work for you and your humble acceptance of it, this is now true of you. Romans 8.1. There is now, listen, there is now no condemnation for those, for you, who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Are you kidding me? No condemnation from God. No condemnation from others that you should take upon yourself. No self-condemnation. Get rid of it because you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified by God's great work on the cross. Because of this, we now get to go onto this path of life. If you haven't been born again, you want that today, today's the day, don't wait. Talk to us afterward. We'll show you the way. If you have been born again, then step one to following Jesus into this higher standard is remembering who you are, who He made you, who you really are. You're a son of God, you're a daughter of God, you're redeemed, you're a new creation. You've been woven into the new world that he's going to bring into fullness. So now, now here's our opportunity. Now let's live into that new more and more here and now. All right. If you want that, you're like, yeah, sign me up. Look at number two. Here's the next thing we do to step into this greater righteousness, this path of flourishing that God has for you and me now. Number two, be aware, be aware of what's going on in your inner world starts there be aware be alert be aware of what you're thinking ruminating on spinning on about your head be aware of your emotional state and ask lord where's this coming from pay attention to what's going on your mind your imagination because that is where sin starts and if you let it take root and bloom you're going to be in a world of hurt pay attention. Does this thought, idea, imagination, this, even this emotion, does it fit who I am now? Does it belong to the new? Does it fit me, citizen of heaven, a new creation? Beware what's going on in your inner world. Check in with yourself, and don't let it run too far. Do this instead, next part of the fill-in. Beware of what's going on and choose, choose, choose. It's a decision. Choose to submit it all, submit it all, surrender it all, release it all to God. Bring it all under his good rule and reign. It's following Paul's example here 2 Corinthians 10:5. Take captive, take captive. That's an action. Take captive every thought. To make it obedient to Christ, our good King. It's a choice, enact your will. And your new heart wants to do this. That new part of you wants to do this. Often on these past Couple of weeks, I've been I've been wrestling with something. This irritation, this frustration, this roadblock, and it's it's been annoying. It's been it's kind of come and gone. And and I, I, as I looked at it, I, I realized there's some condemning thoughts around it. There's um, some pride around it. Um, and man, I've just had a difficult time turning it off. I mean, I know this stuff. You know, take it off. Put it on. And I, I really been wrestling with it. It's been hard. It's come and gone. And I've tried praying about it and that's helped a little bit, finally reached a, a, a breaking point uh, this week. So it was at night, uh, couldn't sleep, uh, this thing was on me, and uh, I was just kinda, you know, I could feel the anxiety, it was just, the emotion was there. Like, God, I'm tired of this, like, I, and, and and he dot, he brought me to I mean it's 3 a.m. in the morning you know Becky's asleep next to me and I'm like no I need to go in the Bible so I popped on my Kindle uh, it's a lit one so I could be under the covers and I'm, I open it up and it, it's Philippians and I'm just I'm just reading I'm just reading I'm trying to get my mind off of this thing because I'm practicing the presence of this gnarly thing over here and onto God. And prayer wasn't doing it. I just needed to get in God's word. So I'm reading this. I'm trying to step into it. I'm trying to really listen to it and be in it. And God starts to break something. And He brings me to this point where He's calling me to surrender. I just need to surrender. I need to let go. Um, and I realized what was going on there is I knew that, but I was reluctant to give that over to Him because I didn't trust Him. I was like, I, I, I think I need to do this, Lord. And that's what was creating the frustration. Give it to me, God was saying, give it to me, trust me with it, surrender it to me. It's like the angel, let me kill it, right? Oh, I don't know, yeah, yeah let me kill it. I let him kill it, and, and the heaviness broke. Uh, more freedom, thank you, Jesus. God wants to do that in us regularly, right? We need this regularly. So how do we step into this greater righteousness, this way of flourishing that God calls us into, that Jesus paid a high price to bring us into? Number one, be born again. Not getting out of the gates without that. Number two, be aware of what's going on in your inner world and choose, choose to submit it all to God. Now back to Jesus' words. Verse 29 again, if your right eye, listen, your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand caused you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Hey, that's a fun picture, right? Use your imagination there. Jesus wants you to. He's giving you a vivid, gory picture to wake us up. Right? He wants us to cut off everything that causes us to stumble because when humanity persists in those things, they they end up where? Hell. Hell. Yeah, the place of eternal separation from God, away from his goodness, away from his blessings, away from life. God right now, through his word, by his spirit, saying, listen, wake up. Take your sin seriously. Don't minimize it. Take it off. Kill it. Don't try to manage it. S- slice it off. Choose heaven, reject hell. Number three, that's your next fill in. Cut off anything, anything, everything that feeds your sin, that gives it life. Close those doors. Shut them down. Board them up. What in your life is causing you to stumble? What in your life is stirring up lust in your heart or anger or bitterness? What's feeding it? Is it a relationship, a novel, something you're streaming, social media feed? I don't know. God knows. You know. What's feeding your lizard? Cut it off. Cut it off. Gouge it out. What's stirring up anger or greed or coveting or malicious thoughts in your heart? I don't know. You know. Cut it off. Gouge it out. It has no place. It has no place in you because you have been woven into God's new creation. It doesn't fit. Citizens of heaven, it doesn't fit. We got to just cut it out. Take it off. Part two of that fill in. Cut off anything that feeds your sin. And instead, don't just starve. Instead, feed on God. Feed on God. Feed your new nature, feed your new heart, the new you. Get that inflow wherever you need to get it. 3 a.m., pop on your Kindle, whatever it takes. Listen to worship songs, get into fellowship. You know, the, the church from the very beginning has prayed together, got into fellowship together, worshiped together, praised together, shared God's word together, devoted themselves to that. It's the same stuff. Cut off what feeds your sin, and instead, feed on God. And do that, do that, number four, in the moment that temptation hits. Don't wait, don't give it an inch. When that temptation hits, call out to God. God help me, fight's on, battle's on, the lizard's chattering, come Lord Jesus, take it off. Why don't we stand and pray and ask the Lord to help us move into this more this week. Lord, living God, thank you, Jesus, for your good, challenging, but loving word. Thank you, Lord, for calling us all the way out of darkness You're relentless, God. You're relentless because you love us and you know how much you have for us. And sometimes we can't see that. We think this is enough. Lord, help us not settle. Help us to lean more fully into the new. Help us to let you kill those things. Help us kill those things and cut them off, Lord, those things that hinder us from following you all the way into the new, Lord God. Help us identify those things this week. Help us be alert, Lord God. And in that moment of temptation, help us to overcome and get out of that slavery, Lord. We love you. We thank you for what you're doing. Amen. The work is finished. And if you are struggling with something, you don't have to do it alone. Come get help. Take that next step that Jesus is prompting you to take. And may the God of all grace and the God of true righteousness lead you and me further into his freedom and into his life this week. Amen. Amen. All right. Come get prayer up here. Go see Faw on the outside patio out there. Have a great week.